Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another great episode of Classic Elder Scrolls. Happy 2016, everyone. It is fantastic to be back. You are in episode 48 here of Classic. And of course, this is Classic Elder Scrolls brought to you by the Quest Gaming Network, available for download on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and QuestGamingNetwork.com. Today's record date is Freitas. The 8th of Morningstar, and our show is sponsored in part by Tweaked Audio. Yes, if you're looking to put something delicious in your ears and make it reverberate in sounds that are pleasurable for you to listen to, Tweaked Audio is just the source you're looking for. They're built for durability, crafted for potency, and they smell good. Not really. They're quality headphones, though, I can tell you that. You can rest your back on the fact that they are quality headphones over at Tweaked Audio. TweakedAudio.com, the deal gets even sweeter. Not only are they crafted for potency, which I have no idea what the hell that even means, you will get 30% off with our code off the record. All one word now. Let's not get crazy with the grammar, you grammar Nazis. I like the grammar. No grammar for you. God damn it. I know. I'm sorry. Anyway, so 30% off with our code off the record. All one word over at TweakedAudio.com. And it doesn't matter if you live anywhere in the world. doesn't matter where you live, whether it's the United States or Germany. You will get your tweaked audio headphones shipped to you for free. For free? For free, buddy. Yay! I know. So tweaked audio headphones, give them a shout. They're awesome. Let them know we sent you by typing in the code off the record, all one word, 30% off, and they'll ship them to you for free. There's also another sponsor, Audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E, audibletrial.com slash Network. That's the link you're going to need in order to get a free download of any book that you want. Yes, sir, or madam, or, or little Susie and Johnny. You know, I get something free, too. That's right, little Johnny. You're going to get a free audiobook at audibletrial.com, audibletrial.com slash Network. Use the headphones plug in a really awesome book and you're good to go i am your host and fellow tamriel traveler eve arwen and i am joined by the one the only a man so learned he had a battle of wits with galarian and almost won that is the man right there mike the tamrielic historian if i had a long life like him i would have won by now you know it yeah Um, that's true happy 2016 everybody thank you for joining us on classic and yes we are in elder scrolls online we are being joined by the rest of the guild and the Dancing with Daggers crew. Uh, you know, here is we're going to take our tour through Rothgar and learn a little bit more about the orcs this week. But uh, I was listening to your uh, our sponsors here, Varwin, and uh, I know that uh, we were we started a little late because uh, one of our co-hosts here is in need of some tweaked audios. Uh, oh, we're yeah. pin this on me now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Damn you, truth. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Mark. That that gentleman right over there is, of course, the last, the one of the last of his kind and the best of his kind. Mark, the scenarist, a man so mad, he challenged Mad Pelagius to a suicide first contest and intentionally lost it. Oh, you devious character, you Mark. They call me mad. Mad, they call me. But would a madman challenge someone to a suicide contest in the first place? Yes, yes, the answer is yes. Yes, yes, he would. <laughs> um, we are here in Orsinium, and we've got we've got a group of homies all here to hang out with us. I believe I believe Rob is actually 
among us, as well as uh, the Dancing with Daggerous crew. So hello to those folks. Um, hey, where can you watch this? It's, it's very easy. YouTube, youtube.com slash Network slash live. That's where we record all of our live shows, folks. So if you're looking to catch us live, that's the link uh, you're going to need in order to, in order to do that. Of course, you can email us at elderscrollsoffthorecord at gmail.com. You can find us on our website as well, questgamingnetwork.com. And hey, if Twitter's your thing, at Elder Scrolls, O-T-R, that's, you can find, that's where you can find us. Please follow um, and, uh, and spread the word of Classic and of Elder Scrolls Off the Record. We would greatly appreciate that. Mike, the man, the myth, the legend, the learned, what are we doing today? So we are going to be playing ESO, the Rothgar DLC, or Cinium. Uh, in our discussion topics, how do we throw down with the orcs? Uh, in our history of part two, the history of Rothgar and Orsinium. So we're going to pick up where we uh, left off at last classic, uh, where we had talked about the foundation of the second uh, kingdom of Orsinium. Uh, in the Sonaris archives, Mark has something special planned for us because uh, that section is a little blank there. So. Yeah, Mark forgot to get into the notes earlier today. So oh, no. So hopefully he's got something that we don't know about. Hey, no, you know Mark, what? I, I'll, I'll have something. I think we might. Uh, can you just double? Hello, by the way, to our live chat room. Um, I think we might be getting a, a uh, um, like an echo coming from. Yeah, I was just here. I'll, I'll, I'll meet mine first. And no, 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 no. It's not you oh. folks. It's, it's actually me. Um, just give me a second. For YouTube watchers, you're about to see our BRB screen. Kind of funny. But um, give me a second to correct the issue. Podcast listeners, uh, just, just hang out one second, okay? Here we go. I know a song that gets on everybody's nerves. Anyway. Okay, and we're back. How, how did that go? Are we okay? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure. I think you guys have to talk. So. Oh, uh, sure. Make it so that we have yeah. to talk now. I know, I know. Uh, uh, what, do you, what do you think this is? A podcast or something? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, that should have been just, it, though. I'm just here for the chicks and the money. <laughs> well, well. Uh, <laughs> when you find those, please send them uh, around to the rest of us. Yeah, exactly. Well, speaking of chicks, we did get uh, Mistress LeBeau showed up in the chat room here. So there's one. There's, so, a, okay. there's a chick. And I know that Rage's characters are all girls. So, we got Shailene uh, here as well. Oh, Shailene's in there. I didn't see her. She, okay. See? Yeah. Oh, so, so, yeah. So there you go. So Mark is here for the chicks and the money. Yeah, and we just need the money. And he <laughs> got the chicks. Two ain't bad. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, we've got so much to talk about. Um, Sonara Starchives, our discussion topic. Um, fast question. Fast question of the week. It's it's going crazy. Um, Mike, you didn't have a chance yet, right, to do the no, uh, special uh, announcement? We are on our 48th episode, so we're two away, people. I know some of you have been pining for this. Some of you are saying, oh, my God, I can't believe we made it this far and we haven't hit our 50th yet. But uh, we are giving away a piece of custom artwork to one of our lucky listeners to be drawn live on our 50th episode. How do you enter, you ask? Well, you must be following our Twitter accounts. Subscribed here on our YouTube and have to send us an email describing your favorite moment in a classic Elder Scrolls game that will be read on air for the episode. So don't forget the details, people. Uh, we want to hear. A st we want a story. We don't want to be like, oh yeah, when I killed Cicero or when I pushed the annoying uh, fan off the cliff. No, we want to hear the story, the whole thing. Whole thing. All of it. 
Now, all entries will be added to a hat and drawn one of them at random, and they will win a uh, custom piece of artwork from yours truly. I like it. I like it. Come on, guys. You've got about a month now, about right? About a month now, I think. About a yeah. Month. Yeah. Unless, um, you know, crazy disasters happen. You know, actually, only two weeks, right? Because next week will be ES. Yes, OTR. OTR. And then the week after will be 49. 49. Yeah. The week after that. Yeah, so about a month. Ah. Ah. So we announced the winner in a month. You've got three weeks left, folks. Send us an email. Okay. Um, and, uh, Mike, I actually got to start forwarding some of the emails that we've received on this to you. Yeah. I haven't done that at all. So. All right, folks. Um, as as always, uh, Breko the Khajiit here. Uh, we we come over to uh, Jazzledars. This is my favorite part of uh, any Elder Scrolls podcast. Yes, uh, Jazzledars, Two Moons Horoscope. Please, Jazzledar, take it away. Jazzledar has to get busy because he is not high enough to come to Rothgar today. Oh, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> we start this new year. The moons are out of phase. Tonight, Master waxes and Skunda wanes in the sky. One, a sliver of light nearing completion. What will this hold for our fortunes? Will this behold a great conflict throughout the year? Not all is lost. For Arthurius is now ruled by Alkash, the great first cat, the dragon king of cats. While he sits in judgment, Jode and John will play fair. Oh, Jezodar, that was very insightful. I lick my paw and put it on your face. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and now for something creepy. <laughs> Gameplay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, dude. All right, folks. Uh, this is the part of the podcast where uh, we like to talk about the gameplay that we're uh, that we're doing. Um, and uh, I'll have to say, I have taken a much needed break away from Elder Scrolls Online and and Elder Scrolls in general. I mean, I've been playing Star Wars Battlefront. I've been playing Fallout Four. Um, God, what it, uh, some other games? I, I really don't feel like mentioning right now, but. Um, I, I've not. I've, I've intentionally made myself go away from Tamriel just to enjoy the break fully, and and it's been it's been nice. But unfortunately, I don't have anything for this section. Okay. So we're so I'm I'm kind forward. of a dud. I'm sorry. We're gonna <laughs> you move need to forward, avoid then. getting burned out. And that's the yeah. important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're starting here at the entrance of Rothgar, and I just wanted to point out the carving of the two statues to give an awe-inspiring concept of what we're actually going to be entering in for uh, people that are watching. Yeah, if we look up here, we can see two statues carved right into the rock, which seems to be a big motif of this uh, type of wrap-up episode uh, for us, is to find the statues, <laughs> the larger-than-life statues. Oh, right, right. Yep, I got, them, uh, I got them right now. So we're going to head on down, make our way through a little bit of Rothgar here, do some, you know, some battling, some killing, maybe. Okay. Um, but I've actually been playing some Skyrim, a whole hell of a lot of Skyrim. Uh now, I am now level 38 on my one character that last time we had talked, I think, was level 12. Oh, so, wow. Uh, Nicely done. Yeah, uh, I am at the point of having to poison the Emperor. Uh, I've killed the Orc and hid his body. Uh, the Gourmet is now dead. Um, uh, let's see. Um, what else have I done? I have not gotten to Winterhold, but uh, I am now a full-fledged uh, werewolf. In the Companions, looking for Shards of Ruthgar. 
Um, you know, I have joined the Civil War on the side of the Empire. Um, wow. Well, you should. Yeah. I congratulate yeah. you, my friend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and stuff like that. So, you know, I've been busy with that. I have done a little bit here and there uh, in ESO, but nothing of really import. Uh, you know, I've been trying to get a couple of my characters up to level. Uh, this is the first time that this guy's actually uh, been in Rothgar, other than last night, Old Zorcinium's run with our group. And uh, so, you know, it's uh, going to be interesting for uh, me because nothing is unlocked yet for this character. Uh, yeah, same for me. And also, just so you know, guys, um, as we as we move about in, in a group... Um, I haven't put any speed points into my mount. My my character is actually, I think, like level eleven. Uh, <laughs> yeah, level twelve. Yeah, I'll try and keep that in mind because mine's maxed out already, all sixty on all three. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> yeah. If you could, <laughs> us uh, us slow youngins here could uh, could use a break. Um, Mark, what about you? Any any sort of? I mean, I've been I've been you know I streamed last night some some Skyrim and some, some Oblivion, but really nothing to mention of note, just some, some dungeon delving. Um, I've been away from everything, uh, including, including gaming as a whole for the most part, um, for, for quite a few weeks already. Uh, I, I bought a house this week. I finally went to closing and now this whole week has just been about, you know, making it livable. So, so that's sort of where my week has gone, but I, I made some time last night to stream some Skyrim and, and Oblivion. It was it was, certainly was a lot of fun. I'm doing a stream every single week now. Excellent. A late, late night stream at 1.30 in the morning on Saturday. So you may want to check it out here on the Quest Gaming Network YouTube account. Um, but anyway, Mark, what about you? What's uh, What have you been up to? Uh, let's see. I've actually kind of been taking a bit of a break myself, too. Um, I think everyone I, has, really. Yeah, I think so. Uh, dan I had Dances with Daggers uh, last week with... Uh, Rage, Ray, and uh, Tim, which is always a, an amazing blast. Uh, we spent time in um, in the Imperial City sewers, running around, getting some sky shards, uh, taking on some of the big bosses, and uh, getting ganked by frickin' EP gank squads. Just, just they were just rolling through the sewers. Always a good time, huh? That's oh, what they do had, all the time. Oh yeah, but you know, we, we had fun. You know, nothing as impressive as when we um, we were doing Cyrodiil and we came out of that one uh, with that one delve, and there was literally some people uh, from the pact waiting there with a ballista pointing straight at the door. <laughs> you know, like I, I had to say, you know what? I got killed. Not even mad. <laughs> <laughs> I heard about this. <laughs> I thought was, that was incredible. Oh, it was just one of those. You know what? I. I, I just have to just to, I, I just have to applaud this because it, it's just it's a wow. genius. Nicely done. Just genius. <laughs> just, yeah, just just absolute genius. So other than that, um, yeah, I really haven't been much in Tamriel myself. I've uh, been taking a bit of a break. Uh, playing Fallout Four, and I picked. I finally have picked up uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. So oh, okay. I know I need to try that. Yeah, and how are you enjoying that? Oh, I haven't I haven't had a chance to actually start playing that yet, which I know Liz is going to murder me for. Well, um, well, because, only because um, you've chose you've chosen Fallout Four as the priority. I ended up getting Fallout Four first, and I I wanted to first sort of figure out well what what's the best approach for a really good play. Through. I don't know if Liz is going to take that as an excuse. I don't think she is either. But I don't you know think I'm so. gonna. 
you know, hope that there's at least some salvation in it. You know, that- <laughs> she, I'm sure she it, she's in the chat room right now, Liz. Any salvation for for, for poor Mark here? I mean, <laughs> let's see what she says. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go. Bah, take your time. Okay, thank you, oh. Liz. Oh, that's so sweet. But no, no, I will be getting to it pretty right. soon. You can live another day, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm, I'm going to have a very QGN, you know, gaming for quite some time now. Well, isn't that uh, isn't that always the hope? A good uh, a good old QGN holidays. We have some very you know we've got some amazing game shows. So yeah, yeah. we uh, we do <laughs> we do. Yeah. If I may say so myself, and I can because I, I really am not responsible for any of the awesomeness that happens. <laughs> so I can say it. Uh, we do have some pretty amazing, uh, pretty amazing shows. Yeah. About about games. Um, anything else? Uh, no, that's been pretty much what I've been up to. All right. Um, let's jump right into the topic at hand. So, so this week, uh, as we roam around the countryside here in Elder Scrolls Online's Orsinium, uh, orcs are taking center stage. Now we're we're about to learn a bit about their history in Tamriel and what they've meant to the series as a whole. However, let's let's kick let's get things kicked off the right way and talk a bit about gameplay with orcs. So here's a couple of questions I had drummed up, you know, before before we started the show. Number one, and this goes to we'll do Mark and then Mike. Mark. Yes. Do you even do you even play orcs in any Elder Scrolls games? Oh yes. Um I played an orc in Skyrim and I have an orc character though I have to admit I haven't played her much, uh, here in ESO. And I have to admit that the the orc that I played in Skyrim has to be one of my favorite characters. Really? Well, it was my third character running through Skyrim. My first one was an Imperial uh was an Imperial and I basically played him as a sword and board um caster. And or sorry, a sword and board uh Jack of all trades type character. Um I played the second one as a Breton Breton mage, and then I figured, okay, third one, I'm going to go heavy armor, double-handed weapon, and or two-handed weapon, and I don't really play those, and I figured, okay, I'll, I'll give an orc a shot for this. Mm-hmm. And I just had a blast. I mean, because, like, I'd run in with the character, and maybe it's been a, it's been a while, but, like, I, I remember whenever I would use my Berserker Rage ability, which, you know, of course, whenever it'd be like, Okay, there's a ton of enemies uh, in this room or in this vill- uh, bandit camp that I'm attacking. Or okay, a dragon showed up or something. I'd activate the Berserker Rage, and the character would just roar, and the screen would turn blood red for a moment, or it would fa- basically there'd be some sort of visual marker that I vis- I I remember there was that to show you've gone into this Berserker Rage, mm. and it was just a blast to just to just go with it. I mean, just go it, Berserker. Oh yeah, no. It it, it <laughs> I mean, like, it, I mean, it really is just a minor adju- uh, difference, ability-wise, but it did feel different. So I just had a, I just had a huge amount of fun playing this orc, and yeah. And then again, it's been like three years since I played that character, but yeah, no, I had fun with it. I'd play an orc again in a heartbeat. Wow. All right. So so uh, this this the answer to this question might be a little obvious, but. Um, over over to to you on this. Do you, do you even play orcs at all? Uh, I play uh, the fiddle made out of their uh, innards. Okay. <laughs> it's um not not at all. 
Yeah, I uh, made the one for the one night that we had the uh, the uh, naked orc uh, run, and that was it. Right, right. I, I would have to say my orc, um, my my orc play style has has been kind of limited to to that. There was a few times I've made I've made intentionally like extremely ugly orcs in like Skyrim, but I can't say I've ever I've ever played one in Morrowind or or Oblivion. I've never really played one with any sort of you know, um, serious thought to, to sticking with them at all. Um, just not a, just not a race I'm gravitated toward to be, uh, completely upfront and, and honest with you. Nothing wrong with that. There's a huge selection. Uh, there is, there absolutely is. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so then, uh, Mark, you're up for the second question here. Um, which game do you prefer to play as an orc? Oh, I definitely Skyrim then. Definitely Skyrim. Definitely. Okay. It just, I don't know. It, I get maybe it's because you had that ability to go berserk and whatnot, but yeah, it just it, it felt like a different play style in that game as opposed to here, where the races look different, but through play they don't necessarily have a solid feel different. You know, like they don't feel differently in a solid. Um, mechanical way as you're playing that you can, you know, pull something out the way you can in the other games. I don't know. One thing I would say, though, uh, they all, you know, when you said that they look different, like, I, I think that they've made the races sometimes too pretty. Like, yeah, the orcs, one thing I will say about the orcs in Skyrim and Oblivion, and as we've gone from Morrowind, you know, where the orcs were not a playable, you know, thing, but, you know, where they were ugly and green and, you know, really look like classic orcs, in my opinion, to the potato head orcs that look more like uh, uh, Shrek in Oblivion. Totally and true. And then uh, I thought we had very um, warrior-based, like, especially that, that loading screen of the orc, I thought was awesome in Skyrim. Oh, yeah. Here, I think that they look way too pretty. Oh, like same thing with the elves in this game, and they, they, the elves in online just they don't have that same alien look that they did back in Skyrim. Well, you gotta know that that was intentional. I mean, oh, people, no question. Uh, gamers, they don't like, they don't want to play. No one wants to be ugly, whether it's in real life or in a video game. And you know, honestly, like, have you played Skyrim? I mean, every yeah. race in that game is 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 kind of unattractive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everyone looks old and worn. Yeah. Dirty. Yeah. Right. Just everybody. And um, I, I mean, it's hard to make a character in Skyrim without it looking like a leather handbag draped over a skeleton. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then you get into, you know, in, in an MMO, and obviously, you know, they want lots of people to play the game. So it's like, all right, let's we got to make them look attractive. So so you you know you start up the game and you're like, "Okay, all right, here are the orcs and they're traditionally like a less than attractive uh race in in pretty much any game and and uh fantasy-based genre piece of entertainment." And, and here they are and you're like, "Huh, okay. Yeah. They're actually kind of attractive. At least the women are." Right, kind of good looking. Um uh, Mike, what about you? I mean, where what game do you like to play Orc Entrails on as a fiddle? Uh, I think the fu the hardest one is uh, when uh, you're dealing with them in uh, Morrowind, I think. Um, I, I found them to be very difficult there. 
um, just tough to rip those entrails right out of the gut. Yeah, they're they're very tough. Uh, Not enough polys comes comes out kind of stringy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but with with any of the orcs, though, I think you know, like you have to have a battle plan when you're going to face an orc. Yeah, and that's definitely, uh, you know, one thing I, I will definitely give them credit for is you need to have a battle plan if you're going to face an orc. Maybe you stun them with a mirror. They're like, oh, is that really what I look like? Oh, God. I'm a monster. <laughs> Why does Malakath hate me? me? <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, let's see. We got we got two more guys. Uh, right over to to um, to you, Mark. Uh, how do you normally build an orc? Like you know, class, armor, weapon type, play style, etc. What do you normally do when you when you say like I know an orc? What do you have in mind for this guy? I have to admit, I, I go with a stereotype. I go with heavier armor. I go with heavier weaponry than I normally would. Um, just basically, I. I like the idea of the the big of taking advantage of the orc strength and having the big savage brute that just does you know massive amounts of damage. Yeah. Um, Mike, does this question apply to you or? Uh, naked, fat, and running around Shornhelm. Okay. Yeah. No, I I, <laughs> I, I see that. I I the get most that. Horrifying place style. <laughs> 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 um. Mark, I agree with you. If you're going to go with an orc, and I hardly ever, I hardly ever play an orc, so it's not like I'm going to say to myself like, "Oh, I wonder how these guys are going to fare as like the complete opposite of what's like intended for for them." You know, I'm going to go with the 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 orc normals, the orc norms, um, just to get the. I mean, they do massive amount. You put a two-handed weapon in an orc's hand, you're going to get ridiculous amount of damage. It might come at you slow, but you're going to do it. Come at me, bro. Come at me, I'm bro. waiting. I'm waiting. So, um, I kind of want to, like, reap that benefit. If I'm going to look, you know, gnarly and, and sort of fugly, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, want, I want something to show for it. <laughs> All right. And um, we've got this one right here. Um, uh, Mike, uh, I think you may have added this one in. Yep, so how do you actually come at an orc? All right, as an opponent, what's your strategy for dealing with their menace? So uh, I would have to say that the thing you have to remember with orcs is that, yes, they are, you know, going to be decked out in heavy armor. They're most likely going to come at you with a two-handed weapon that if it gets anywhere near you, you're dead. So, you know, you've got to take these guys at range. If there's a group of them, you've got to break that group up. And, uh... You know, there's just no way around it. Uh, they get close to you, and you're going to be dead. So, right. Uh, I prefer, you know, bows most of the time, or sneaking up on them solo. But, uh, you know, that won't always work. Um, I kind of deal with them the same way I deal with pretty much everything else. You know, lots of health, lots of armor, restoration magic, and just kind of take the hit on the chin and and get the get the shots in when you can um that's that's sort of that's sort of what i what i do i'm a huge believer in in defense and um and offense as well but but you know just really uh weathering the strikes is is sort of what i what i love doing so yeah. um that's kind of how i handle a them. sky shard up here i believe if you guys haven't gotten it yet 
Yeah, probably not. Um, so I run and tired. What about you, Mark? What, uh, what do, you, uh, do you do? I use uh, stick and move, and uh, you know, I use mobility. Uh, basically, let them take a swing and then uh, get in while they're uh, they're pulling their huge swords back, and uh, you know, carry a shield and use you know, uh, judicious use of that to either uh, block anything I can't dodge and uh, try and knock them off balance when I can. Right, just do whatever you can to not get hit. Kind of like what what uh, what Mike is saying. Yeah, staying alive. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's sort of the name of the game. All right, um, so isn't that's... that the goal of life? <laughs> yeah, but that's made by Hasbro. Mm, that's true. You know, I was um, I was uh, after a long day today in in my uh, my new house. Um, just sort of like getting things set, uh, situated with with my mother and father, um, who are who were there helping me uh, do certain things. Like there, like today, I was actually um, I was actually building the desk I'm going to start podcasting from uh, with my father. And we got about halfway through it, and um, so we sat we sat in the den, and my mom had like this look on her face of just utter like peace and contentment. And, and she goes, it's so quiet and, and peaceful here. Um, I just, I absolutely love it. And, um, no, she's talking the fact that you've left the house or your new house is quiet and peaceful. <laughs> the house, the house, the house that I got was, was quiet and, and peaceful. Oh, okay. and, and warm she's and like, fuzzy. finally, there's no noise from the room. Yeah, finally, this idiot's not screaming at his damn computer at three o'clock in the freaking morning. <laughs> I called the cops, but he's already here. <laughs> the cops already here. <laughs> They're just not going to listen to him. <laughs> um, I, don't know, I was going somewhere with it. It was something about, about, you know, just yeah, that's that's it. That's uh, that's winning at life right there. It's just, just, just finding a space that's peace and tranquil. Uh, listen, if you want to talk about tranquility and peace, uh, nothing like uh, nothing more, uh, nothing strikes your heart more than hearing the peace and tranquility that you get when listening to Mike talk about the history of. Right now, so go ahead. Okay, I'm going yeah. to promote you to leader. All right. But you can lead the, the craziness here. All right, folks. Here it is. I'm the leader. I'm leading this, <laughs> this ragtag group. I'm scroll here down to the history of. So hopefully I can keep up with the group as we do this. I lost everybody. Uh, I... <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got, got it. Well, that didn't take long. <laughs> <laughs> so history of Orsinium, the land of the pariah folk. When we last spoke, we had learned of... Yaznag's people from the books Orcs of Skyrim and the Chronicles of King Kurag, Book 6. Both of these place the story of Orsinium just prior to the DLC for ESO. So while we're enjoying our time in Rothgar, let's learn a little bit more about the contemporary history of the Orcs. So, from the book The Fury of King Ransir. So, the author is Welfmalus Masterlech. Lorekeeper. The long siege dragged into the spring when the Daggerfall Covenant, a mutual defense pact sworn by all of the Breton kingdoms at the conclusion of the Reachman invasion, finally paid dividends, drawing Camlorn, Evermore, and Daggerfall into the fray. Some counseled letting Rayress fall, but trade with the richest city in the region was too important to allow that. Attacked from the city and surrounded by the in the countryside, Rasner's army stood firm. His mercenaries were well-paid and prepared for bloodshed. 
But the crimson sails and the battalions of elite Red Guard warriors from across the bay turned the tide. Ranser's forces were routed, and Shornhelm was already ablaze when Ranser returned. This was the work of the orcs under the rule, the blood rule of Kurag Gro Bagrak. Caught between the Breton Hammer and the Orcish Anvil, Ranser's troops were utterly annihilated, and the Battle of Markwaster Moor. Ranser hadn't counted on Emmerich's canniness. The King of Wayrest had sent emissaries to the Rothgar Mountains, where they pledged to return Orsinium to the orcs if they attacked their hated enemy, enemies at Shornhelm. Riven's spire was despoiled, and some orcs remembered how the Bretons of Shornhelm had led the assault that toppled Orsinium some 135 years before. These debts were paid to Shornhelm in, re- in full. Ranser's War built the Daggerfall Covenant as it is today. Shornhelm, Rivenspire, Rothgar are indelibly marked by these events. So when we start our DLC, we are greeted by a pamphlet of introduction. And we'll get to that as soon as I find where the group has disappeared to. Uh, we're heading over to the uh, Skull. Uh, okay. So... Uh, when we first came into uh, Rothgar, we had seen those two monuments there, and we had uh, you know, a caravan that uh, was set there. And uh, why is the caravan even there? What are we doing here in Orsinium? Well, uh, from the immigration wife, Ulatag Gra Orsinium, orcs of the mountains of northern Tamriel, you have a capital in Orsinium, and it is calling you home. Yes, once more, the city of the orcs on the escarpment between the upper and lower Rothgar stands tall and proud. Behind its legendary iron-capped walls, tuskers of every clan work to restore our capital, your capital, to its former glory. Once again, buyers and sellers throng Hagler's buff. Warriors spar at fighter's anvil and smoke pulses from the chimneys of the Embridge Forge. Moloch worshippers crowd the temples of regiment. Fungus farmers tend the odor spreaders and the caves of dark abundance, and gondolas pry the jaguar. We are rebuilding the ordinate gates, and once more smelters, hammers, and templar temper protect the city from the blows of a hostile world. From his throne in Scarp Keep, King Kurag extends to you the hand of welcome, and the first of challenge. Are you orc enough to join your brothers and sisters in renewed Orsinium and stand proud against the world? Come, come to Orsinium and join us as we raise a flagon of Blagael to King Kurag and the resurgent orcs of Tamriel. So, that's what we're doing here. We've been invited to uh, come and help rebuild Orsinium. And, uh, you know, in order for us to to really get a a feel for what's going on here, uh, there's two things that we... Uh, have to uh, really understand uh, the dreams of a united Rothgar and Orsinium society uh, and the traditional clan structure and religious practices of the orcs that are involved. And these things must be resolved before we can see a uh, united Rothgar and Orsinium. So uh, let's take a look at what's going on with this from the book Vashra by Udo Gra, The Study of Religion Reborn by Udo Gra, the King's Scribe. For generations, orcs have believed in three constant truths, the stronghold, the grudge, and the fury of Malakath. But before Malakath, at least according to certain traditions of a few noted scholarship, there was Trinimac, the Vashrak, a newly emerged movement that seems to be gaining in numbers and popularity, promises to make 
take orcs back to the roots of who and what they are as a people. To reclaim the glory of the warrior god Trinimek and restore the orcs to their proper position in the world. Is it any wonder that this new religion was found adherence among those who have accepted the idea of a reborn Orsinium? For its beliefs and tenets seem tailor-made the vision of a united Hrothgar. The Vashrak claim they want to civilize the wild and riotous nature of the orcs. They want to elevate the orcs, to place them on the same level as other races, or perhaps even set them higher. And they want to rebuild the ancient city of Orsinium, setting it as the jewel in the crown of the new and powerful orc nation. That said, although King Kurag has provided support for the new faith in Trinimac, going so far as to establish a temple in Orsinium, he appears to have no connection to the more extreme follower of the Vashrak. Many among the orcs' old guards see the Vashrak as either a foolish fad that will soon fade away or as a dangerous fanatic who will stop at nothing to destroy the orcish way of life. Either way, the old guard refuses to be swayed by the arguments and promises. They won't abandon the traditions that make orcs, as they put it, strong and powerful and better than a puny elf. They hold fast to the concepts of the stronghold and the clan and rejecting the call to create a single orc nation. They maintain the grudge for ill will and resentment fuel the fire in their bellies and anger in their hearts. Ah, oh, that sounds and nice. They main- <laughs> and they maintain their steadfast faith with Malak, the god of curses and betrayed, for he has blessed them with conflict and the bloody code of Malakath. So we can see, you know, from this that uh, there's a couple of things that uh, really are standing in the way of the united uh, Orsinium. You know, and it's in part, this uh, code of uh, Malakath, the traditional um, stronghold view to uh, you know keep uh, the orcs separated by clans, and uh, you know this unwillingness for change. And uh, part of the establishment of uh, Orsinium here in the DLC is to re- is to, to change the way orcs are viewed in the world. And uh, how they uh, interact with each other. So we're gonna, you know, as you play through the DLC, you know, this is a big part of what you'll be interacting with is, you know, how do you, how does the um, orc clan structure and religious life play into their everyday world? Hmm. And uh, I've completed the whole thing on my AD character, so I won't give anything away. But it, it's definitely, you know, you feel the tensions all the way through the storyline of, you know, the old so versus a good the new. Story. Oh, yeah. It's a very good storyline. Now, a book more to my liking, uh, Orcs, The Vermin Among Us by Absalon Shorek. Well, before you go so. on, <clears throat> I just sort of want to um, add in add in the fact that, uh, you know, we've been the, the last couple of episodes on the series. We've been we've been talking about, you know, Daggerfall and, and you know, Orsinium is a place in Daggerfall that you can go to, but what's exciting about Orsinium and Elder Scrolls Online is the first time we're actually here since Daggerfall and able to see it in, in you know, the splendor that modern gaming can can offer us. So that's that's super exciting, I suppose, from for me. Um, but also, like, even though I don't like orcs or don't like playing them, like, hearing, like, some of this stuff, Mike, I find very, very, very interesting. Um you know, especially like in conjunction with, you know, the actual, the actual game Daggerfall and then hearing this stuff about their, about their tribe 
and and how they how they are as a as a people um i, I find intriguing so yeah some of the cultural and religious aspects you know they have fleshed them out from just being green potato head people to actually being actually really one of probably the best fleshed out races in Tamriel. Um, oh, yeah. You know, when you consider how little has been done with some of the other races and the hopes that, you know, we see this kind of treatment with the Khajiit in a future up, um, update or, you know, the uh, Argonians with black with stuff in Black Marsh, especially since we've only really seen the bipedal Argonians so far. Um, you know, that, uh, you know, we really... It's been a treat to see just, you know, what uh, they've done with these guys, on uh, the the clan structure and the different clans that you'll meet throughout this, um, you know, Malakath and Trinamac. Uh, I mean, we all have heard the stories. We've had past episodes on, you know, when we did some of the Dun, um, the yeah, the Dunmer stuff with, uh, you know, Trinamac and, um, you know, the uh, the Chimmer leaving the um altmers and then you know the clan that stayed behind that were you know members of uh trinamax followers that became norsimer but uh we've never seen like contemporary culture it's always been like the legendary stuff and so this has yeah. been really nice to see some of this stuff yes. well absolutely i i i agree with with all that um, okay, so I know you're just about to get into a, a, one, uh, a book that you liked, um, you actually enjoyed reading uh, in regards to uh, some, of the, some of the orc stuff. So, so what do you got for us on that one? So uh, now you got to realize this is from a Breton point of view. So uh, Okay, so it's right. So, yeah, so it's right. <laughs> <laughs> the Orcs, the Vermin Breton. Among Us uh, by Abstin Storick. They lair in holes. They breed in huge numbers. And smell of rotted meat. I speak not of skeevers, gentle reader, but of orcs. The threat on the horizon, the unrelenting horde. But Snork, I hear you saying, are they not now? Are, are they not our allies now? It's not good that you want to believe in the leadership of King Emric. It's not good that you want to believe in this covenant that now binds us to the beastmen of Orsinium. But in truth. Your belief is foolish. Your trust in the king is misplaced. For these subhumans have a cruel and vicious cunning. Like a hunting wolf pack, the orcs lie still in the tall grass. They wait for us to let down our guard. Even great men like his majesty can be misled by this simple tactic. They now walk among us. They serve in the honored lion guard. They take work as sellswords, protecting our wealthiest merchants. They infiltrate our temples as bodyguards for holy men. Gentle reader, do you not see? Can't you see how every luxury we give these animals only encourages them? Every opportunity is just another opening in our armor for their rough-hued blaze to pierce. With their unnatural strength, they take up work that should be bore by Breton shoulders. The thickness of their stinking hides give them a defense that no redguard man can stand against. In cities across covenant lands, stories grow of orcs defiling our women and siring unnatural half-breeds. How long will you let this stand, reader? How long will you bend a knee to those filthy animals? I say no more. Join with like-minded people in our village today and rise up against the beast, the scum, these orcs. 
I, I gotta say, it's it's it sounds one hundred percent accurate. Very I didn't know you wrote a book, Mike. I know. <laughs> it's a bestseller. It certainly is. Look at these guys. Well, it should be. <laughs> but in retrospect, you know, I don't know if we're not all wrong there with what they're saying in the book. Uh oh, here it comes. He's dropping the old uh the old racist bomb here for the you know, <laughs> Um you know, so that we get to Kurog's betrayal here. So uh you know, we see it from the other side now. So the author is anonymous though, so I think Mark wrote this one. You've heard Grand claims Orsinium reborn, the elf loving Bretons are friends, the traitor Red Guards are allies. We are welcome, they claim. We are needed, they claim. All lies. Kurag, the false chief, would tell you the Daggerfall Covenant is our future. Kurag, the sellsword, who'd abandoned his tribe, who'd shed blood for elves and gold as his people languished and starved. The toothless runts who would leave us in chains, fighting for the Bretons and Red Guards who slaughtered us. Must you forget our brothers and sisters at Arsinium? Have you forgotten who launched their crusades to crush the pig children? The same brethren and red guards who now pretend friendship and sought to wipe us from the face of Tamriel. Now, with our fields salted and our homes burned, the cowards and liars offer return the land they stole. Shall we make peace with our enemies? Shall we thank them for returning what they stole from us through foul magic and treachery? Look past Kerrig's silken words. Look to his cowardly deeds and to the ancestors who gave their lives to keep us free. This Daggerfall Covenant is a chain around our necks. They wish to make us their dogs. Remind them that we are orcs and we will never bow before their so-called High King. Down with Kurag, the false chief, and down with Emmerich, the enslaver. Wow, there's a lot of, a lot of anger right there. A lot of Kurag. Yeah. But, uh, a lot of... Also, can I... Can I... Can I just throw this out there? Like every single time I, I think of King Kurog, I always think of either a Keurig machine or Kellogg's Raisin Bran. <laughs> like, can we please can call him the Raisin Bran Orc? <laughs> uh, I like the Kurog coffee machine concept here of the Orc, I guess. Yeah, King King Keurig machine. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty. Uh, it's pretty good, good right? Putting it, I guess. Yeah. So there's just like a lot of like angry at my dad syndrome here toward orcs from this guy. Like, what gives? Well, this is you remember this is an orc that is angered at I don't uh, know if it is an orc though cuz he call he he call, he uses the term pig children. Well, no, he's referring to the fact that, you know, there was the book called The Pig Children. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Yeah. yeah he's Ignore referring me. to the fact that the Bretons referred to the orcs as pig children, which which we focused on the show at one point uh to Mike's Last delight. Last episode. Yeah. We talked about the uh the pig children book. Wow, was that the last classic that we did? Yeah, it's been almost a month because wow. uh, you know we had uh, ESOTR and then we went on our, our Christmas hiatus. So uh, it's crazy, yeah, son! It's been a huge amount of time. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> um, I'm hanging out here in front of this uh, okay. this this dark elf. So we've got another uh, couple things here. Very pretty. Uh, actually, I think we know this Dark Elf. I'm not. Ra Rainer Panos. Yeah, I think if we've played through uh, the EP section, you've come yeah. across Panos. No, this guy did my shingles so, on on my parents' uh, from house. From the author. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a good roofing business, Rainer Panos. From uh, Borzog Gro Morkel, so from the clan Morkel here. Greetings, historian Maga. 
Your letter will encourage the bandits of Torex Spite to continue in our endeavors. As you know from studying history, the Bretons and Redguards have betrayed us more callously and more often than any other races of Tamriel. Thus, we of Clan Morkal have always been opposed to the decision to join Daggerfall Covenant. I specifically vow to target the Chaucery Estates because they still were held in great esteem from the Bretons to other noble houses. Killing them was satisfying, and I am proud to claim credit for the raid for Clan Morkel. I hope this will contribute to the orcs' withdrawal from the absurd alliance. So, we can see that not everybody's too happy here with uh, what's going on in uh, ESO. Not everyone's a Kerog fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They don't like their coffee. Yeah. Some, sometimes people just want to make a whole pot of coffee, you know, not, not one cup at a time. Yeah, yeah I, I think they're more concerned with the Kerog uh, 2.0 version. Okay. Erwin, did you pick up the quest from uh, the the Dark Elf? Yeah, I got him. Can you share it? No. Yeah, come ah! on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me see if I can share it. As so, I uh, go um, through here. We now run into the issue, though, that uh, really comes with what happens here with ESO. After ESO, we the next time we really have anything to do with... Um, the orcs is when we get to Daggerfall. So how the events uh, after ESO and the establishment of Tiber Septum's empire facilitate the degradation back to the clan and stronghold culture, it's not really well documented. And in the case with most oral tradition cultures, what we do know is that for another 700 years, the, the orcs will maintain this clan-type life. And it's not until an orc known as Gratwag of clan Nogrum comes into the story that we see a change in the way that the orcs' structure of living changes. So, how Orsinium passed to the orcs? Yeah, I was just going to ask you that question. Which question? How oh, Orsinium yeah. has passed to the orcs. Oh. Uh, <laughs> well, first they ate it, and then... Lots of fiber, it. then. <laughs> and a Craig machine, and it, it came out the other end. Yeah, just like Betany, they they t conquered it, renamed it Betnik. So so it used to be called. It was once held by the Bretons, and it was once called um, or 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 Sinoli. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so either. False Tamrielic history by Avarwin. <laughs> but uh, you know, just from th this concept, though, it should give you an idea of um, you know what's going on here. I mean, we know that the first. Orsinium Empire uh, with the ruins of old Orsinium which any of our guildmates who joined us last night got to run through for two hours um, you know that we saw that that was once sacked by the Red Guards and the Bretons and that we know that uh, this second Orsinium uh, Empire here Rothgar is destined to fall also because they return to a clan type of um, um, living in a stronghold and it's not until we get the book How Orsinium Passed to the Orcs that we get to see the reestablishment of now a third Orsinium Empire. So by uh, Mineva Grost, G-S-O-S-T, Ghost, Sost. Sounds legit. Know. It's one of those, you know, it's the G right. silenced, it's some, guttural. Some name. It? Well, it's a Breton, I believe, who's writing the book. So. Oh. Okay. All right. So she's she's right. Uh, uh, the year was third era 399 
and standing on a mountainside overlooking a vast tract of land between the lands of Minerva and Wayrest was a great and learned judge, an arbitrator, and a magistrate imperial, impartial in his submission to the law. You have a very strong claim to the land, my lads, the judge. I won't lie to you about that, but your competition has an equal claim. That is what makes my particular profession difficult at times. You would call my competition, sneered Lord Owen, gesturing to the orc. The creature called Grotwag Gronemren looked up with baleful eyes. He has ample documentation to his claim on the land, the magistrate shrugged, and particular laws of our land do not discriminate between particular races. We had a Bosmer Regency once, many generations ago. But if a pig or a slaughterfish turned up demanding the property, they would have the same legal right as I? If they had the proper papers, I'm afraid so, so smiled the judge. Well, it all comes down to that now, doesn't it? Exactly. The law is very clear. Let's see here. The law is very clear that if you two claimants with equal titles on the property are set in deadlock, a duel must be held. Now, the rules are fairly archaic, but I've had opportunity to look them over, and I think they are still valid. The Imperial Council agrees. What must we do? asked the orc, his voice low and harsh, unused to the tongue of the Skirdels. The first claimant, that's you, Lord Grotwag, must choose the armor and the weapons, and the duelist, the second claimant, that's you, Lord Bowen, may choose the location. If you would prefer either or both of you, may choose a champion, or you may duel yourselves. The Breton and the Orc looked at one another, evaluating finally, Grotwag spoke. The armor will be orcish, and the weapons will be a common, strong steel longsword. No enchantments, no wizardry allowed. Ah. Yeah, so there's the first thing, is that uh, it comes down to physical prowess. The arena will be the central courtyard of my cousin, Lord Barolith's palace in Wayrest, said Bowen. Looking Grotwag in the eye scornfully, none of your kind will be allowed to witness. That kind of sucks. Wow, that's home field advantage right there. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, Uh, so it was agreed. Grotwag declared that he would fight the duel himself, and Bowen, who was a fairly young man and in better than average condition, felt that he could not keep his honor without competing himself as well. Still, upon arriving at his cousin's palace a week before the duel was scheduled, he felt the need to practice. A suit of orcish armor was purchased, and for the first time in his life, Bowen wore something of tremendous weight and limited faculty. Bowen and Berlin sparred in the courtyard. In ten minutes' time, Bowen had to stop. He was red-faced and out of breath and trying to move in the armor. To add to his exacerbation, he had not scored one blow on his cousins and had dozens of fainted strikes scored on him. I don't know what to do, said Bowen over dinner. Even if I knew someone who could fight properly in this beastly steel, I couldn't send in a champion to battle Grotwag. Berthel commiserated. As the servants cleared the plates, Bowen stood up in his seat and pointed at one of them. You didn't tell me you had an orc in your household, sir, whined the elderly specimen, turning to Lord Earth. Certain he he caused offense somehow. You mean old Turner, laughed Berlin. He's been in my house for ages. Would you like him to give you training in how to move in orcish armor? 
Would you like me to? Asked Turner obliquely. Obviously to Berleth, but known to him now, his servant had once ridden in the legendary Cursed Legion of High Rock. He not only knew how to fight in orcish armor himself, but he had acted as a trainer for other orcs before retiring into domestic service. Desperate, Bowen immediately engaged him as his full-time trainer. You try too hard, sir, said the orc on the first day in the arena. It is easy to strain yourself in heavy mail. The joints are just so to let you bend with only a little effort. If you fight against the joints, you won't have the strength to fight your foe. Bowen tried to follow Turner's instructions, and he quickly grew frustrated. The more frustrated he got, the more intensely he put into his work, which tired him out even quicker. When he took a break to drink some water, Erland spoke to his servant, and they were optimistic about Bowen's chances. Their faces did not show it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I don't yeah. think that they're too optimistic about uh, the Breton being able to defeat the orc in orc's armor. Well, or even if he does have home field advantage. Exactly. Turner trained Bowen hard the next two days. But her ladyship, Ellen Sora's birthday, followed, fell, followed hard upon them. And Bowen enjoyed the feast thoroughly. A liqueur of poppies and goose fat. And... Cocktinish and buttered hyssop for a first course. Oh, that's Roast- my favorite. I'll take some of that. <laughs> Roasted pike, combwurf, and ball of rabbit's meats for a second. Slices of fox tongue, bulgrim pudding with oyster gravy, balagir weed, and beans for the main course. Colloquia ice and sugar fritters for dessert. As Bowen was settling back afterwards, his eyes weary, he suddenly spied Grotwarg and the judges entering the room. What are you doing here, he cried. The duel's not for another two days. Lord Grotwag asked that we move it up to tonight, said the judge. You were training when my emissary arrived two days ago, but his lordship, your cousin, spoke for you, agreeing to change the date. Uh-oh, so now... Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> now we've got an unprepared guy in armor he can't even use. <laughs> Is he being betrayed by his cousin? Uh, we will find out here. Mm-hmm. So I gotta admit, that, Mike, like I'm actually like seriously intrigued by this story. Oh, this is a good story. This yeah, is honestly, one of my favorites. Like I'm really like I'm really intrigued by this. So the battle in the arena was sparsely attended, saturated with food. Bowen found himself unable to move quickly. To his surprise, the armor responded to his lethargy, rotating smoothly and elegantly to each stagger. The more he successfully maneuvered, the more he allowed his mind, not his body, to control his defensive and offensive actions. For the first time in his life, Bowen saw that there was... saw what it was to look through the helmet of an orc. Of course, he lost, and rather badly. If scores (laughs) had been tabulated, Grotwag was a master of such battle. But Bowen fought on for more than three hours before the judge reluctantly called a winner. I will name the land Orsinium after the land of my fathers, said the victor. So, in the end, Grotwag beat him in a fair fight. In a fight that, in the end, he really, you know, had no business of even being in, it looks like. But, uh, you know. But still, he, he, there, there it was. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, there's there's one little bit I think as well that just sort of uh, 
Uh, oh, it, it must have got cut off. But basically, I uh, parts of it out. Yeah, yeah. Basically, like what I what I like the best is that they're the um, they do explain why they screwed him over by you know calling it early, and it's basically it was something like, look, it was, you weren't going to get any better, and it was better if you were a bit sluggish anyway because you wouldn't you wouldn't tire yourself out as much. You know, it's basically that type of thing. That was what, like, they figured this was the best time to do it. To save face that uh, him losing, you know. Yeah. But basically they they go on to say that, um, you know, that, well, why did you train me to do, you know, to do, like, you asked the orc, well, why did you, you train me? Because clearly you didn't want me to win. And basically said, well, I didn't want Orsinium to get one without, you know, without any sort of fight. Huh. You know, we didn't. You know, there'd be no point if the if we won it back too easy. Oh wow! <laughs> so wow, what a what oh yeah, a it's, wow. it's one of my favorite uh, favorite stories they've got in the Elder Scrolls. Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. That's nuts. All right, um, so. Mike, are we are we switching gears yet, or almost or, there? We got what one last little bit here. Yeah, okay. Uh, from uh, the Warp and the Rest, the author uh, Ovutus Turo chapter on the current political affairs in the Iliac Bay. So Grotwag is now King Grotwag of Orsinium, and he controls much of the Rothgarian Mountains as well as the profitable river coast of the Bolse. He persists. In his demands that Arsinium be recognized as an imperial province separate from High Rock. The Elder Council treats Gratwag as a recognized king and collects tax directly from Orsinium. But officially, Orsinium remains a county of High Rock, though technically it spans both the province of High Rock and Hammerfell. So interestingly, after the events of Daggerfall, the people of Rathgar seem to play very little importance in the events of the rest of the third and then the fourth era. Many of the orcs return to uh, a life in the stronghold and or join the Imperial Legion to make a name for themselves. So um, it's interesting to see that, you know, there's these blips in history of huge importance to the the, the uh, orc people. Uh, you know, formation of first... Excuse me. Formation of first Rothgar, formation of second Rothgar, formation of third Rothgar. Now, the short lifespan... Of each of these kingdoms, but the eventual orcs return... can't have nice things. <laughs> yeah. See, this is why we can't have nice things, Grotwalk. <laughs> <laughs> it's those tusks. <laughs> and uh, so you know, we could see like you know, there's these huge events in the, in their history, but yeah, they can't have nice things. How the speaking of not having nice things, how the hell do I get that sky shard that's up here? You guys see I that? Mean... Where are you? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm. You're behind me. So okay. Yeah. How do you get the sky shard that's up here? How do you? You, you see, like, uh, I, I'm running a mod that that shows me where the sky shards are, and like I can't I'm even. Not... Oh, oh, there's one down down here. I think it is. Oh, maybe it's below me then. I, like I yeah. just can't even right. Yeah. Now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's down here. Oh, okay. Okay. I because gotcha. I'm running the same thing, and I can see the sky shard. I'm like, you're nowhere near it. You <laughs> know. <laughs> I'm trying, I've been trying to like get the. Speaking of not having nice things, all right. So, um, hate to sorry to interrupt, but I mean, it's a sky shard. It's worth interrupting on an entire podcast for, oh, right? Straight. Yeah. yeah. All right. Sky shard. Sky shard. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> so so yeah, so that's where it leaves us now is that, you know, we have gone through three iterations of Orsinium. Uh, with the most recent being out of the game Daggerfall and the Warp in the West. And when we return to them in uh, Morrowind, in um, um, Oblivion, and in Skyrim, they pretty much have returned more or less to either members of the Legion or back to clan structures. So it's, you know, they can't have nice things. They got. <laughs> they, they return to what Malakath made them for. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I wonder what that says about real life, if anything at all. I, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Um okay. So so um the history of Orcs and Orsinium. Took two podcasts, but we got through it. But we did it. There it no, is. Very nicely done, guys. Yeah. Congratulations. And thank you to to Mike for his our Tamrielic historian for his for his uh, uh, valiant effort and and stalwart uh, stuff. <laughs> we'll never have to talk about the orcs again. Aww. Ever again. Come on, guys. They're part of Tamriel. You may not like them. They might smell. They might be a little sour in their demeanor. They're they tusks. Stink up the whole place. They're tusks. They might not be brushed. Their breath could be rank. Their skin could be green and not well maintained. <laughs> uh, boss, you're not helping here. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone's got that embarrassing uncle that they only talk to once a year at Thanksgiving to say, uh, you parked behind me. And those are the orcs, and we love them for what they are. Um, so, so, um, to, to people that, uh, that we do love, and that is, that is our Mark, our Sonarist, the, the last of his kind in the world, Mark, tell us how the orcs, what the orcs have meant to the series as a whole. Wow. Well, I mean, as we talked about last time, the orcs themselves really have been sort of this, uh, well, initially they started off as your enemy. In, in arena, they are they are fantasy fodder. It's basically what they seem to they've existed for since they ever first appeared in Lord of the Rings. But then once we got into or once we got into Daggerfall again, we actually started to see them change. Um, they went from being just you know the bad guys to actually having political wheelings and dealings. I mean. As as Mike read, I mean, they they got back Orsinium in Daggerfall, not because they raised you know Gortwog got it back, not because he raised a horde and destroyed land and killed, murdered you know hundreds in order to reclaim what he thought was his. He did it because he tracked down paperwork and took them to court and fought for his case in a legal battle. That's a huge change, and it really does change how you look at the orcs at the same time. Because you have to consider, one, he went into a situation where really he he would lucked out to get a judge who actually applied the law without any actual, any full bias. But he also somehow tracked down paperwork that showed, yeah, it's actually my land. I've got good proper claim to it. 
effects. Well, even the gorillas have some extremely intelligent uh, gorillas that are able, <laughs> capable of doing sign language. <laughs> yes, but there's sign language, and then there's, you know, th then there's administrative legal forms. Right, right. Amy, sad. Amy, don't like man with cloak. <laughs> oh, if only I could remember what Tim Curry said during that movie. But all I can picture, oh, Tim Curry, all I can picture is, is him in the, um, his Command and Conquer character for some reason. <laughs> so what um, else can we say about orcs in, in Elder Scrolls? I mean, they've come quite far indeed, sure. Oh, yes. Well, initially, I mean, even as far back as Redguard, they are, and I guess a bit too then in Morrowind, they're presented as being no different from ogres and goblins. And they're actually seen as being the exact same sort of basically the same way that elves are all from the same root race they were seen as being from the same race as goblins and uh, ogres um, from the um, the first edition guide to the empire Orcinium literally uh, means orc town in early Old Maris. the goblin ken orcs, goblins, gremlins, and other beast folk live in uh, Arsinium, favor the elvish name for their settlement, for it suggests, at least to human ears, a glorious and beautiful fortress city instead of the squalid and filth-ridden village and keep, and keep that it is. Um, and yeah, just basically, from the beginning, they were really seen as these initially monsters, which were just your typical fantasy monsters, and then they started to evolve. And over the course of several games, they went from being just, oh, they're, okay, they're more intelligent orcs that you can actually negotiate with and bargain with, to, you know what? No, they're going to be an entire separate race of elves. And actually, um, so it was interesting to come to Orsinium for the first time in this game. I mean, because we were here in Daggerfall, and un unfortunately... We weren't able to get you there in the last episode, but when you go to Orsinium, it's you can see in the distance. You can see the different uh, all the mountains, but it's Daggerfall. Even when there's hills, it's pretty flat. But when you actually get to the fortress of Orsinium itself, it's sort of like this flat plain with an okay-looking castle sitting in the center of it, and. You know, it's it's not much, but when you then come into it here in Elder Scrolls Online, you get you actually get to see it suddenly unfold. You get to see this how this is definitely the type of fortress that would require decades in order to take. That required two entire nations of people teaming up with elite warriors for those three decades to be able to take down the gates. And it's just interesting because this has been part of the lore of of Tamriel since El since Daggerfall that this one spot has been fought over and just been a killing ground for so long. Well, and Mark, here, I think uh, what we should do is, as a group, head yeah. south towards Old Orsinium to get an idea of that feeling. I mean, we've been up here in the mountains now, which is very reminiscent of Skyrim. Yeah. So let's get our group to head south. Sounds and, good. Plan. Uh, let's do that. You know, 
take a look at what old Orsinium actually looked like out of the 8-bit map that we, you know, tried to find last episode. <laughs> oh, glorious 16-bit. Oh, 16-bit back then? <laughs> well, I, I'm not sure. 256 color at best. Um, but actually, uh, you guys go on ahead. But here's, here's actually an interesting thing. Uh, from the third edition guide to the Empire that came out with uh, Oblivion, uh, which basically gave an update for how were the lands of Tamriel at the very beginning uh, or at the end of the third era. The only troubling sign for Arsinium is a religious conflict that has been brewed over the last ten years. Traditionally, the orcs have worshipped the Daedra, uh, the Daedra Malakath, Malok, as their patron deity. Gortwog, however, has established a new priesthood devoted to the worship of Trinimac, the ancient hero of the orcs, who's, who legend has it was devoured by Boethia and became the Daedra Malakath. The orc king believes that Trinimac still lives and that Malakath is a separate entity, a demon whose aim is, was to keep the Orsimer pariah folk forever, and is the... Uh, and that is the official position of the shaman priests of Ursinium. A minor, a minority of traditionalists within the territory and the majority of orcs without view this as heresy. This is fear. There, sorry, there is fear even among those who worship, who support Gortwag and Ursinium that turning their back on the Daedric prince of the Bloody Oath is a dangerous policy indeed. And it's interesting because. I know that uh, ESO has had the accusation leveled at it before that, oh, it's just it's just a, a blatant copy of Oblivion. You just you have a Daedric invasion. It's no different from Oblivion. That is not true. And, yeah, you you play the game. No, there is, yes, there is a Daedric invasion. Yeah, what's going on is a hell of a lot different from Oblivion. I right, mean, very different. And it that would be sort of like saying that well, there isn't much difference between. Uh, Daggerfall and Morrowind, because both of them eventually uh, come down to dealing with getting to the heart of a Dwemer-created golem. Because in Morrowind, you're going after the Mantella right. for the Numidium. In Daggerfall, or in sorry, more in Daggerfall, you do that. In Morrowind, the final mission is basically track down the heart of Lorcan and destroy it so that the second Numidian cannot be activated. And so, like, you, it, it's that kind of, of thing. And so, yes, here you have basically the exact same political thing going on where the orcs are starting to worship Trinimac again, and this is causing a... in Arsinium, and this is causing a, uh, a schism among their people. But I think that the difference is that where in in Oblivion's period where this is happening, they probably aren't even aware of what happened during this period, that this has been done before and just what happened. And the other difference is that this is, uh, you know, among the orcs in Orsinium, this is actually a very highly, um, you know, a highly supported act. Here in Especially this... when you think, as I said, it was, it's spent between now and the time that we, you know, that the Third Orsinium um, Kingdom is established, it's almost 700 years. Yeah, and the the historical records from this period basically don't exist. And part, part of that is 
because, I mean, it's never been blatantly said, but I think we can easily say we're standing in the middle of a massive dragon break. The entire game is a massive dragon break. Yeah. This is this is why we're finding books that are technically centuries out of, you know, they are centuries out of when they should have been published, like the Lusty Argonian Maid. This is why time travel is is possible. There's a massive dragon break going on, and when it actually fixes, so much history is lost, like it is in the Warp in the West, because you have, frankly, l- let's face it, Every single character is the is the vestige in their own timeline. So all of a sudden you have everyone's timelines coming together. This is why we don't this you know this is why so much of this history is lost. But it's it's interesting that they decided that let's you know while the situation that will eventually happen in uh in the third era is never really resolved or explored. It's not quite the same one we see here. And how it plays out here is actually quite different because there is no description of terrorist groups in the Third Era who basically have decided to take the Trinimac worship into we have to basically forcibly convert or kill all Malakath worshippers. So... It's it's interesting to see how they the people how this the um, designers of ESO took that frankly abandoned plot line and said you know what let's actually get some use out of it because that's actually a fantastic plot line to use. Yeah, it is a really good you know plot line. Oh, the, the ending was just you know, some of those stories. <clears throat> oh yeah, the ending. Well, even like the independent amazing. stories from it. I mean, not even the one yeah. like associated with the main quest, but like some of the other independent stuff that uh, happens throughout the game. That, oh, it makes uh, for some good complicated storytelling. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting to see how, um, you know, how we have this, you know, this uh, coming back again. But I think one of the most interesting things about playing in Rothgar and with the orcs again has been... There's a mission that you have to do uh, where basically, I'm not sure if you guys have done it, but you end up searching for the uh, the tomb of Gaiden Shinji. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. That was the Thanksgiving uh, craziness that had happened with Varwin and myself. <laughs> yes. Where, you know, you've got this entire world, you know, and if we want to do anything, we have to like plan and figure out, okay, everybody, we're meeting up for this, we're doing this. Yeah, I'm walking through a cave and there's a Varwin. And I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> Small world, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that entire plot line, the the basis for that was laid out back in Daggerfall. That's where Gaiden Shinji and this entire siege of Orsinium is first mentioned, and basically, it is it is simply uh, written up as you have all these orcs; they need to be taken out. A siege is held. And, you know, it's basically that was sort of where it was left for the next several games. There was no real need to expand on that. It was it's a pretty simple, pretty basic story. And it gives you pretty much all the history and understanding of the situation as you need to know. But then here we have this entire quest line that 
not only expands that whole idea as to what was going on, it added history as to just how the factions were interacting, what was going on with the orcs, and then actually, you know, well, showed us who Gaiden Shinji was and why he was such a revered blade master and everyone loved him and everything. And then actually made it a very sad, poignant moment that the player actually gets to witness firsthand. I mean, it's that type of stories that's so intrinsically tied with the history of the Orc that was just fantastic to actually see and take part in, to actually really see it played out and expanded upon so well. I mean, how how did you guys feel about that uh, that particular quest? Oh, exactly. Yeah, we loved it, right, Mike? Yeah, that was a great quest. Um, now, for those that are watching the stream, I think of our one is here by us somewhere. Where's the crown? Yeah. Um, you have the crown? No, I, I passed it on to uh, to you, Mike. Oh, I have the crown? No wonder. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but um, I'm looking at people going, uh, you know, invite me to group. I'm like, oh, our one's got the crown. Yeah. Hey, also, um, Avi, uh, Avi Optimal's uh, looking for, for a group yeah, invite. Yeah, so I just sent out group invites them okay um, but we can see here that we're at the ruins of old orsinium and it's a completely different landscape uh you know on lower rothgar so you know we could see like you know just the 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 beauty of this the, this area and the diversity that uh i really wanted to point out as we did our little tour here i have to admit one of the things about orsinium is whenever i'm hearing the you know it or it was they built it and it was besieged and they lost it and then they rebuilt it and then it was besieged and they lost it and so on and forth i always picture that you know monty python and quest for the holy grail where we built a to castle on a swamp and it sank so we rebuilt another one and it sank too <laughs> the third one the third one it stood yeah i always <laughs> picture that one for some reason <laughs> i can understand why there's there's a parallel here <laughs> um all right mark uh anything else that you got for uh for the listeners to be honest uh not really because the, f- the fact of the matter is we covered a lot about the orcs themselves way back uh, a month ago and but you know it's it's just great to actually see the orsinium itself laid out so beautifully and frankly i love this zone the the quests themselves add to the lore they are respectful of lore that came before and yeah. but expand upon it and make their own twists and changes at the same time. It's just it's honestly this is probably one of my my favorite zones. Well, I got to I got to be honest, like we've been planning this episode since before Orsinium ever came out. Um we decided to go into Daggerfall because, you know, and and Mike, I think you were oh, hey, look, I dinged. Um you know, uh, both, you know, you and um and Mike were were sort of like, you know, the guys to say like, well, you know, you know, if we go into Daggerfall, you know, we do one episode every other week. That's going to put us right at around when Orsinium comes out and we'll be able to spend an episode in Orsinium and Elder Scrolls Online like we like to do with our final episode in a series and talk about, you know, Orsinium and how it relates to Daggerfall and the Orcs. And I, and I, was, I thought about it and, and I said, that's ah, a fantastic idea. Let's let's do that. And um, and so we've been we've been looking forward yeah. to this episode for. I, I don't know what since September. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we knew that Arsenium was going to come out. We knew approximately when, and we figured, okay, you know, 
we know we're a bit behind because you know we had had a number of times where uh, you know the episodes got canceled and stuff but uh, we're like okay you know let's um, you know try and uh, arrange it so that we would be in here soon after uh, the DLC dropped um, you know we started we're like okay you know let's walk our way through I mean because the entire goal of classic not only has been to um, to, to give an appreciation for the old games, but to see how they tie into each other. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's always been... He's always just, frankly, good for seeing how that lore ends up getting tied together and seeing the differences of how the old stuff was was shown and how it's now being uh, presented. Right. I, I've always... <clears throat> um, obviously, my first my first uh, Elder Scrolls game that I really fell in love with is still the contemporary one. Skyrim, and and so I gotta say, like you know, my my adventure going back into the other Elder Scrolls games has been far more rewarding than just playing Skyrim. And I've always resented the fact that a lot of people don't even try and give the other Elder Scrolls games a try. Why? Because oh, they're old. You know, yeah, I'll play Morrowind. You know, uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I kind of like pl- fiddled with with Oblivion, but yeah, but yeah. Oh, I love Skyrim though. I love Skyrim, uh, and, uh, but no, I won't ever touch Arena. No, I'll never touch. I'll never touch Daggerfall. And it's like, you know, guys, um, this, you know, this, like Mike was saying, is to give the show is around to give the appreciation to to the old to the old games, and just because they're old does not mean they suck, and doesn't mean that they're bad to play even to today. They're fantastic oh, yeah. there's, games. There's good stuff in them. There's. I didn't tell you what I got for Christmas. I got uh, Oblivion for the PlayStation Three because oh, I've had good. so many problems running it on my new computer because the the clock speed is so fast that uh, either I'm you know walking like a snail's pace or I'm like running through walls. So I'm like, you know what? Let me put that on my wish list. And I got Oblivion for the PS3. So we're gonna see uh, how it holds up with the, the processor that it was built for. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I, I guarantee you, Mike, you're really going to, uh, you're going to have a much better experience. Guaranteed. Cause it, it's, it's oblivion's a fantastic game. I, oh, I played it on an older computer before and I got to the point where, you know, I was taking the drop boxes from Lucy and the chance at that final stage, like just before the end. And then that computer died. And, uh, you know, I lost the save and everything. And, um, and then the you know, new I, one was just too I fast. got the new, yeah, the new computer is, is built, for, you know, I bought this computer for the, the sake of playing ESO. And, you know, I wanted to play on ultra settings. And I, I keep having trouble running Oblivion, and I don't get it. Like, Skyrim runs fine, uh, Redguard runs fine, even Morrowind runs fine. But there's something about the Oblivion engine that it just does not like a new computer. <laughs> how does Battle uh, How does Battlespire go? I have never lo- loaded Battlespire in, so you, you know what it is. Um, <clears throat> the computer sees the potato head in Oblivion, and it's like, oh, we got to make this better. And Oblivion's like, no, goddamn it, potato head. I said potato, potato head. And they're conflicting with each other. That's what it is. Potato, no potato. <laughs> French fries. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to recall something back, and this goes right to the to the fast question of the week. Um, Mike had said that right now, when you're playing Elder Scrolls Online, the orcs actually look good. In particular, Mike had also called out that the ladies 
the orcish ladies are are you know kind of attractive if you're a guy so i want to ask uh, my my two gentlemen friends here right guys orc ladies huh would you any so would you what do you think ribbon spire there what's that what's that there's that one in Rivenspire there, the uh, the queen's handmaiden. Yeah, who ends up dead? She pretty damn hot. <laughs> Before she's dead. Right. <laughs> oh, wow. that's, that's that's interesting coming from Mike. Um, Mark, what about? I don't know, man. Mark, yeah. what do you think? Would you? Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, they've again, they're you know some attractive uh, or females. You know, it's, yeah. it's not outside the realm of possibilities. Okay. Maybe maybe one day you kind of you kind of you know meet one that's that's a little less little less greened uh, skin, maybe a little more uh, pale the green. Uh, treatment. Yeah. Glance around right. at the wife. Right. Can say one thing of Arwen. Uh-huh. This is a trap. Is that- <laughs> this is a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> as long as no it's not that I night orc that from Oblivion. Murdered. Right. Let's and let's not leave the ladies out. You know, uh, there's there's plenty plenty of ladies. God God love them uh, that listen to us. Uh, well, ladies, what do you think, orcish guys? Huh? Would you? Would you? Would you? Would you date one? I don't know. Send us on Twitter. Yeah. Send us a little Twitter message. Show us your orc crush. Show us your orc crush. All right, folks. Um, you know what? I I think, I think there's an orcish lady out there, whom, whom I may I may uh, find attractive. I haven't met her, but there's been a few. There's been a few. I was like, ah, you know, from this angle, you know, the tusks aren't too big, the cheekbones are a little high, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> None of Kirog's wives. No, I, I I haven't met any of them. I don't think. Uh, I couldn't say. I couldn't say. I, but out of respect. To, I have to say, actually, uh, you know, <laughs> slightly more serious. I like that in in this this particular, you know, in this plot line, when you actually get, because frankly, usually it always seems to suggest that the, the wives of the chiefs are basically a little more, you know, than chattel. They have a job, but they have no real power. Being, like, the chief holds all the power. If you actually... Look at Gortwog and how his wives and frankly mother go about things involving him. They're the ones that have all the power in that relationship. Yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, literally, I can... if he stays in his cups, he's happy. Pretty much. So, no, it's. I, I just. I liked how it was basically. You know what? He's, he's not an idiot. He's capable. It's just. They're much smarter, and they know how to play him like a fiddle. <laughs> one thing it's that not, I find interesting not. about orc culture, I guess, the one thing that we haven't touched, and it's probably because we'll be in so much trouble with our women listeners, is the fact that the king has multiple wives, and they each have, like, a job to do, and, like, their title, like, the hearth wife. The shield wives. Wife, shield yep. wives. Immigration yeah. wife. <laughs> Immigration wife. <laughs> <laughs> Immigration wife. Okay, let them in, but not the, those guys in. Oh, why is that? Uh, no, no, no reason, really. Oh, okay. No wood elves allowed. We're afraid yeah. that they'll think they've read the Pig Children book. Right. <laughs> 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 that that, uh, that green mandate, you know? <laughs> 
All right, folks. Um, well, that that is the that is the end of our show. A a a hearty and a mighty welcome to 2016 episode of Classic Elder Scrolls, where we we spent time with the orcs here in Orsinium, and of course con- reconnected with with you, our our dear listener, our dear viewer. Uh, final thoughts, starting with Mark. It's great to be back. No, it's great to be back and uh, put a capper on uh, Orsinium. I look, <laughs> can't wait to see what we do next. We oh, boy. We figure that out. Today, yeah. We? Especially because especially we've got the 50th coming up. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, My, and, and Mike, final thoughts. It's. Uh, I'm glad to be back. You know, uh, it's, uh, the little hiatus was good, but uh, you know, I started missing everybody. So I'm glad to you know be back and uh, talking with everybody again. And uh, yeah, we're gonna have to figure out uh, some storylines that we want to touch. Maybe we'll have to actually break a Varwin of his paladininess and do uh, some Dark Brotherhood in 2016. Oh boy! Through some of those storylines. Maybe a little uh, especially Gilden. since we know coming up. Yeah, we have the Thieves Guild and the Dark Brotherhood expansions for ESO, so yeah. we definitely have to um, look at the criminal element of Tamriel uh, in some cla- in some future classics here. So it's going to be an interesting 2016. Oh, for without a doubt, without a doubt. All right, folks. Um, listen, next episode of Elder Scrolls Off the Record is going to be next week. First episode I'm going to record in my my brand new studio in my new home yay i'm so excited i can't wait because i'm not gonna have all the all the dropped um uh dropped uh, frames issues and lagging that that we've been getting uh, i've got a nice strong fiber optic network and yeah woohoo can't wait uh that will be january friday freitas january 15th 9 p.m eastern is going to be the next episode of elder scrolls off the record friday january 15th 9 p.m Eastern um, Freitas Morningstar the 15th you can again just want to remind you guys you can listen to us on iTunes Stitcher Radio QuestGamingNetwork.com and of course YouTube YouTube.com slash QuestGamingNetwork slash live you can follow Mike on Twitter at KDRMickey it's K-D-R-M-I-C-K-E-Y you can follow Mark on Twitter at CarnaganWolf that's C-A-R-N-A-G-A-N-W-O-L-F-E and I'm Avarwin, E-V-A-R-W-Y. And, of course, you can follow this show and Elder Scrolls Off the Record on Twitter, at Elder Scrolls, O-T-R. Classic Elder Scrolls is a Quest Gaming Network production. Just want to say, have a great night, everyone. Yay, 2016. Oh, my God, I'm getting surrounded by spiders. It's hysterical. <laughs> Take care, everyone. <laughs> be safe. And, as always, may the force be with you.